here's one of the things that, that has been on our heart as a team and that has been so <laughs> made aware through this trip is that you have to know what you're after because otherwise the things that you have to go through along the way are way too much and they, they matter way too much. But if you know what you're after, if you know something that's in front of you, if you know where you're going, then the things that you have to go through are much more manageable to get through. Has anybody been through some stuff in your life? Has anybody had to wait in line with toddlers in your life? Has any, Jenny was like, oh, yeah, we traveled with four. And I was, she didn't tell me that beforehand how bad it was going to be, right? Um, but that, that's one of the things that we want to talk about today is this idea of living in purpose. Living in purpose. And so, I mean, the real reason is, is not Disneyland. We're in Disneyland here, but I think it's such a good metaphor. I think my face, which I was just being silly at the time, is such a good metaphor that you have to know the joy that is before you so that you can get through the things that you need to get through. I wish I would have thought a little bit more about the time that we were actually going to spend with family. We had some really good memories. And the reason Angie and Archer and Bennett aren't here is they just needed a break from me. There was too much time with me during the vacation. But you need to know what's in front of you so you can get through the things that you're going through right now. And so I want to read Hebrews 12 very quickly for you. 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're to run with endurance the race that is set before us. A race indicates that there's a path already marked out in front of each one of us. I think at times it can be so easy to feel like, I don't know if we're on the road to nowhere, but you're just living life. It's so easy to have a perspective that's small. And when you, when you understand that there's a divine path that's been laid out before you to run with endurance the race that is set before you, it changes your perspective on how you're going to tackle that race. Because if you're just walking along and you're not really sure of the goal, when those things like food poisoning come along and waiting in endless lines with toddlers and and doing those things, it, it becomes a lot harder to manage. And there's a lot more serious things than those that I've mentioned. A race speaks of an end goal, a finish line, something that you're going after. And the Christian life is not one where we're just wandering aimlessly. You all know Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans, the purpose that I have for you. That's a very personal declaration. He's not saying, I know the plans I have for the CFUH church, but I know the plans I have for you and for you and for you. I know those plans and we've heard it so much. But I hope that it can be a friendly reminder as far as something that we as an eldership team have had on our heart is the importance that the plans that God has for each and every one of our lives. That is the thing that weighs heavy on us. And that is the thing that has been stirring in us is how do we partner with you to see each and every person maximizing you living in purpose? Amen. You need to know what you're going after. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. N.T. Wright says this. He says, the divine drama told in Scripture offers a story, which is the story of the whole world. We find ourselves 
is part of a much grander story. And it's easy to get lost in that. But I think this morning I want to bring the reminder that that grand story of Scripture that we actually now become a part of, the story of the whole world, is a story made up of individuals. It's made up of individuals young and old. It's made up of individuals male and female. It's made up of individuals with all sorts of different unique giftings and abilities. But that's what the story is made up of. And so in Hebrews 11, we get this summation this, of, of this grand story of all these different people and the things that they've done or that, um, and the exploits they've done in Jesus, or rather in God and Jesus in the New Testament as he comes along and is revealed to the people. Hebrews 11 tells of Abel, of Enoch, of Noah, of Abraham, of Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab. But the common thread between all of those people isn't that they did the same thing. In fact, they did really different things. They were, they were, I, they were brought together by the, the thread that they were living in purpose. That they each had very purpose-filled lives. And I think that's, that's one of the things that is so beautiful about the kingdom of the God is that there's not the same thing that burns on each and every one of our hearts because God has gifted us and mantled us to do such specific things where he's currently placed us. I love there's a metaphor that Bill Johnson from Bethel uses. And it's, it's, um, I've been using it a lot lately, but it's, it's, he uses the metaphor that, you know, Jesus says that we're to be salt and light. And specifically looking at the salt, And he says, salt, when he was looking at the scripture, tastes really bad if you just put it all in the corner of a plate. And you take a big mouthful of that salt and you put it in your mouth. It's it's not very good when you use salt like that. But when is salt the best is when it's sprinkled throughout the meal. And when, when we as the body of Christ are understanding our purpose and walking what he has gifted us to do, not when we all gather here, which is this is an important expression of who we are, but it's when we're sprinkled throughout the city of Upper Hutt, the city of Wellington, where we have the greatest impact and the greatest influence where we walk out that which God has called each and every one of us to do. And there is such a significant calling and such a, such a significant purpose on each and every life. And we are recognizing that and, and honoring that in this season. You know, one of our core values is we highly value people. And that has come to fruition as we've been seeing, man, we want to continue highly valuing people. So in this next season, and this is kind of a precursor to 2016 of, of what is stirring in our hearts is that we want to partner. We want to encourage. We want to equip. We want to share. How do we... How do we help people to live in the purpose even more so than they're already doing? We recognize that people are already doing that to the fullest degree, but we want to continue being intentional about that. If you can, look at the person on your right for me really quick. If there's nobody, find somebody to look at. The person on your left, somebody behind you. If there's anybody sitting upstairs, look at them. Those are the people we want to be encouraging. When was the last time you encouraged them to live in their God-given purpose? It might have been this morning. But we want to up the ante and be really intentional about that as we as a community don't just come together to, to um, say hello and to, to how was the netball and then go home and continue living our lives. But we want to support one another with as much intentionality as possible to further each and every one of our lives and the plans that God has for us. Amen? Amen. So very briefly, this isn't going to be long this morning. I'm just going to look at three different individuals really quick and just pull out some things that I think when we're living in purpose that 
kind of, some of them are going to be a weight lifted off her back, and some of them are tools in our tool belt. But the first one is, is David. And if you take notes, you can write this down. You don't have to. But the first point is that when you're living in your purpose, when you're living in purpose through God, there's a huge weight that comes off your shoulders because our purpose is given by God and not determined by man. Our purpose is given by God, not determined by man. Thanks, Mel. So the, the, the brief story that, that I wanted to share with, within David's life was he was anointed by Samuel very, very early on. And it was years and years and years before he actually fully stepped into the purpose that God had for his life as far as stepping into the kingship of Israel. And so he had to wait many, many years. And the thing that was very unusual about his his journey into his purpose was that he had a lot of opportunities to take that into his own hands. And he could have forcibly taken that role of king many, many times. And he was even encouraged to do so. And so that was just one of the stories I wanted to look at very briefly. It's in 1 Samuel 24. And Saul is looking for David, and he, he wants to kill him. And he's with all his men. And David is hiding in a cave. He's hiding in the back of the cave. And, and Saul goes into this cave that they're hiding in to, to use the restroom. And he separates himself from all of his people, and he's there. And David's men see him, and they say, you need to kill him. He's right here. The Lord has put him into your hands so that you can take care of him. And I love what David says. He says, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord. The Lord's anointed to put my hand against him. And so he prevents his, his guys from um, trying to kill Saul, and he doesn't allow them to, but he does cut off a little piece of the robe. And as Saul is leaving, he calls out after him, and he says, my, my, my king Saul, he says, it is me, David, and he bows down before him. And David said to him, why have you been listening to all these people saying that I'm trying to kill you? And look at me before I have spared you. You were in, you were in, I will not put out my hand against my Lord for he is the Lord's anointed. See my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand for by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you and see to it and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. Saul's response is to get down and weep. And I love the thing that he says at the very end. He says, And now behold, I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. That is Saul to David. There's only one very small point here. It's that when we understand that our life is in the hand of, of God, and when, when Jesus is the one that is the determining factor of where we go, we get to take I mean, I'm speaking for me personally. It's so easy that when life comes along and gives you some good blows, and I've had some in my life, and I know all of you have had some, it's so easy to stop trusting that certain things are going to come to pass, and it's so easy to want to take control of this certain thing and to kind of make it happen for ourselves or to, to become a little bit bitter. But it's so important to recognize that he is the one that establishes where we go and what we do, that the, the original point that we said, that I had you write down, it's this. Our purpose is given by God and not determined by man. The next two points come from one of the greats in the Bible, Paul. And the first lesson this is God uses your greatest challenges and turns them into your mission field. 
God uses your greatest challenges and turns them into your mission field. I, I think this is so important and why I wanted to share it this morning. And this is just a, a taste of, of what we want to continue to unpack in the, in the beginning of next year and on into 2016 of how do we equip people to be living in that which God has called them to be. And I know we're always after that, but we're just really focusing in on that. Is when, when I've gotten into some tough circumstances or when life has happened, I find that's the thing that often wants to push me further from the purposes of God. Rather, I would suggest that your greatest challenges, your greatest tragedies, your greatest things, the, the things that are the hardest to get through is oftentimes the thing that God wants to use as your mission field. So the thing that the enemy would want to make create separation between you and God is the thing that God wants to bring reconciliation between himself and you and many others. First Corinthians 59 says this, and this is Paul talking, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Paul, as many of you know, he was one of the biggest persecutors of the church in the early in in times of the early church. He he gladly oversaw the deaths of many people. And I mean, I, I guess that's probably foreign to us here. But I mean, he would not be a popular guy amongst Christian circles today. He's he's to a certain degree close to the uh, the atrocities that are committed in the Middle East currently to Christians and, and others. He, Paul was gladly sitting there as people were getting stoned, and, and he felt the weight of the thing that he pursued, the thing that he'd given his life to, that when he had a revelation of Jesus, I would have imagined that if you looked at it in the scope of how we would reason, that Paul would have gotten a role that would have been like taking out the trash in the Christian world, you know, or just like, man, you've been trying to kill all my people. I still want you to be saved. But Paul, you don't get to walk in, you know, anything glamorous or great. And I know Paul didn't, but Paul had such a significant role in the kingdom because that which he was persecuting, that that which he knew he was most unqualified to do, the grace of God allowed him to work even more harder because of what he went through. He had a compassion and an empathy for persecuting the church since he'd been the one doing that, that he had the greatest passion and power to preserve and to push forward the church. The things that are the greatest challenge for you, the things that are the, the, the hardest for you to stomach, the things that are the, the most ugly things to look at and to deal with is often what I believe God will take you into to minister peace and reconciliation to someone else. So that what you're struggling with is not just a battle for you and yourself, but it's also victory for your family, for your friends, for the people that are sitting on your right and your left. How are you helping to walk them through that living in purpose? And, and I would suggest that many people lose their purpose when they have to deal with these things. But I would suggest maybe you can find your purpose through that divorce, through that abuse, through that horrible breaking of friendship, through that loss, that tragic loss, oftentimes God is going to ask you to bring reconciliation and redemption to someone else now that you had to walk through that. He is a redeemer. He takes all of those things and he wants to help bring those back into his glory. I love this phrase. This is a very quick one from Paul. We are to walk in our purpose all of the time. We are to walk in our purpose all of the time. I think I had a perspective that when I was going away on vacation that 
I felt like my purpose was going to go on hold for a little while while I got to take a break and I got to vacation. And every day when there was challenges that were coming up and there was circumstances that were requiring patience from me and love and all these good things, I was so surprised. I was like, God, I thought this was like my break time, you know, like where I get to just kind of pause from just just having a, a rest. But I love this scripture from Paul. And these are some accusers of Paul, some Pharisees, and they say, in Acts 21, 28, men of Israel help. They're appealing to get Paul killed. They said, this is the man referring to Paul who is teaching everyone everywhere. This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law and this place. I love that phrase. Can we be a people that are on mission everywhere with everyone that when you get home from a hard day of work, you're still on mission with the family. When, you, when weekend comes, you're still on mission. You're still living in that purpose. When Friday night comes and you just need to let off a bit of steam, actually, you're still living in purpose in that time. Dare I say it, when you go on vacation, you're still living in purpose. You're still called to be walking in that thing. I wonder how easy it is to put things in boxes and... And as we're encouraging this morning, there is a life that is so rich. And I, and I just, I'm thinking about my trip as I went. And I definitely missed some opportunities because I was, I was so looking forward to certain things like my pinnacle peak that I had to put off for a little while. I, I know I'm going to live through it because I got it in the end. But if you know what you're after, if you know the joy that is set before you, if you know the thing that God has mantled you to live and to walk into, if you see the joy that is set before you, you can truly run the race with endurance. There is a path set before you. There are going to be some things that require endurance through that race. But we need to know what we're after. We need to know what we're trying to live in purpose to get so that as we go through those things, we're able to manage them. You can't just do what God's called you to do with everyone and everywhere if you're not having eyes to see what that thing is and where you're going. The last one that I'm just going to touch on briefly and we're going to wrap up here is Jesus himself. He was a man on a mission. I just want to read a couple of scriptures to reflect that. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. We always think of Jesus as a great moral teacher, and, and, and I believe he is. And we always, I, I think, can get locked into trying to, to be really good and to do really good things. But I think Jesus was more centered on why he came into the world and the purpose that he had. And his, his actions were a default product of how he got there. He was a man on a mission. These are some of the things that in Isaiah 61 it prophesied of him. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound. I wonder what specific ones of those have you been called to? Jesus has called each of us to do specific things. What are the things that are, are on your heart? Is it to release the captives free. And if it's to release the captives free, how are you currently doing that right now? Do you let it be a nice spiritual idea that just sticks around? Or are you actively pursuing, how do I 
help get people set free that are currently bound up. I love the phrase, to bind up the brokenhearted. Is that something that is on your heart, that when people are brokenhearted, you want to help be a a binder to that brokenness? How are you actively pursuing that? Who are you encouraging to do the same? Those are some of the things that I think we want to look at, is what are the practical ways we can walk those things out? I think the more you know what you're after, the easier it is to say no to the things that don't line up with that. You can run the race with endurance when you know the joy that is set before you. And so as we're, as we're just looking at where we're going in the next season, that's, that's just one of the ideas that has been percolating for us is, is living in purpose. And how do we facilitate that? I think that's a, a group of people that wake up in the morning with a desire to get in the game, knowing that God has a day ahead filled with purpose. And this is regardless of where you find yourself. This is the mother at home. This is the CEO in the corner office. This is the, uh, the McDonald's worker. This is the unemployed person. But there's a commonality of the purpose that you're living out. It's not that we're each doing the same thing. And I think that's a, a misnomer. That's, that's a, a false thing that says sometimes that we all have to be these little replicas of one another. In fact, we're so uniquely gifted to do different things. But we need to encourage one another to be walking in those things. So may we be like Paul, where he was doing what God, God called him to do with everyone and everywhere. Amen.